bottle They go round and round And my little friend is stumbled And then he fell to the ground He cried and he cried Like the time that I found I was alone here I've been Sometimes quite fine If you go to Vancouver Just out of spite Then the first thing that you know, darling Here comes some fella who might Have you walk in the streets That'll put you Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Michael DeForge. Michael's last time on, or first time on the show was, uh, oh, I think like four years ago, and had done just a couple of comics, and we hung out in his basement uh, apartment uh, talking comics. Um, since then, things have changed, I guess, for Michael. You've got 
more than I'm three still comics. in a basement apartment. <laughs> but a different one now, right? That's true. I'm presuming it's got more space for your books. Yes, but I'm still a subterranean, is what I'm saying. That's okay. I'm in a basement right now, actually. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael's main series is Lose from the fine uh, Koyama Press, as well as Kid Mafia. And oh, we'll probably go over a whole bunch of different titles. I was going to try and rattle them all off, but dude, you're too prolific. Uh, thank, thank you, Robin. <laughs> <laughs> um, you also uh, do a lot of work for um, Adventure Time, and I guess you, you're on a break from that right now? Is that your yeah. main gig? I'm on a hiatus uh, between seasons sort of thing. Uh, so it's been full-time comics right now, which is nice. Nice. How do you balance that? Because, I mean, you're working remotely um, in Toronto. Almost everyone else is in L.A. Um, do you, like, section your day off into animation hours, comic hours, uh, Yeah, hour? pretty much. They, they send me a list. I'm, I'm, like, the prop and effects guy. Uh, so they send me a list of things they need drawn, usually on a Friday, and then I just draw as much as I can by midweek. Then eventually they send me some revisions. So some days I'm, I'm working a lot on the show, and then some days I'm just waiting for stuff and I get to just work on comics all day. Um, nice. So it's never really the same schedule each day, but it's, yeah, I generally spend half my week on comics and uh, half my week on uh, yeah, uh, Adventure Time and commercial illustration and other the the paying stuff. <laughs> um, how do you keep yourself from being tired out on drawing? Uh, that's I guess that's never really been a problem for me. Uh, like sometimes I'll just feel physically tired, um, like anyone <laughs> would would. But like uh, drawing itself, I don't feel. I, I, I it's hard for me to get burnt out on drawing. Uh, especially because it's when I'm doing stuff for the show, there are like or like even for comics, there are little tasks where it's work, but it's not as um, straining. Like when I'm lettering, it's kind of meticulous, but I'm not really thinking about it. And sometimes for the show, I'll just have to draw like a lot of chairs, so it's it feels less labor intensive, and it's uh, it balances out the the more rigorous types of drawing that sometimes I'll have to do. And you also try and uh, switch up your style quite a lot. I yeah, notice. my comics, I comic to comic, I try to have different drawing styles, or slightly different. I don't. I always think they're different, but I assume anyone who looks at it, it just looks sort of like the same. Like everyone still has bobbleheads and like noodle arms in each comic. <laughs> I'm sure it just looks like the same garbage to everyone else. So. Well, it's different drawing styles, but it's also different storytelling styles too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like some, it'll feel almost like an instruction manual in a way, like Spotting Deer. Sure, yeah, I do some comics like that. I, I that are yeah, like a or like fake encyclopedia entries. Yeah, yeah, that's more apropos than what I was saying. Um, you know, it's funny. I reread all your comics, including the early issues of Lou's. Um, and even on the first page of Lose, I can kind of see how deep comics you are 
or maybe I'm just reading into this because I read way too much service last weekend, um, <laughs> was like in the first panel, I think it is, you talk, the guy's like, okay, enough reading about the feminist, uh, Marxist, uh, Axis bullshit. Is that a service reference? <laughs> oh, wait, I can't even remember that. It wasn't supposed to be. Was that a Dogs in College one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that definitely wasn't supposed to be a Cerebus reference. <laughs> I only I only tried to read Cerebus recently. Like I I hadn't read any of it when I did lose number one, uh, but like two summers ago, I tried to just burn through the entire series, and did not make it. <laughs> <laughs> How far did you make it? I made it as far as like most people make it, and then I got to that. You know, like I got to the issue. You know. Yeah. And kind of fell off after that. I so was like, this is no longer fun for me. <laughs> so, uh, was it the um, the comics itself or his politics or... Uh, both. Um, because I uh, at that point, like when I was getting into that stuff, it seemed like they were hard to separate. Like yeah. I, I would, and I imagine I'll go back and try to finish that last chunk of it. Um, but I, I like, I was like reading it very intensely and then after that, I was like, "All right, I'm out completely for a while. Like, I don't, yeah, I had to stop." <laughs> That's okay. You'll be yeah. all right. Um, one of the things I was thinking about, kind of looking through uh, some of your more recent stuff, like Kid Mafia, maybe not so much Kid Mafia, but some of the stuff where you're doing comics about kids, is I was thinking I just uh, finally read Drifting Classroom. I love that comic. Yeah, and I could I could kind of feel it in your comics. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I just that's one of my favorite comics. Just seeing kids screaming for that many pages is really really great. Uh, yeah, him and Hideshi Haino are big influences on me, and both do a lot of comics about children in peril. Do you when you're doing these stories about kids? Are you kind of how much is coming from your own experience as a kid, and how much are you just like wanting to just see these weird situations play out? Um, I think it's just me. I don't know if the way I write kids is at all like I tend to write kind of jerky kids. Um, I guess in Lose Number Two, it's not the case, but uh, generally, I feel like a lot of the kids I write are kind of extroverted jerks, and I. Uh, maybe I was a jerk as a kid, but I wasn't extroverted. I wasn't like a very talkative kid. Um, so yeah, I just I just like writing them, and I like writing kids because it. I have in, generally in my stories, I have people who underreact a lot to like surreal things or horrifying things happening, and I feel like with kids, they're it's more natural that they just accept these things as happening or just kind of. Uh, Like it's weirder when an adult uh, <laughs> freaking out all the time than if a kid isn't freaking out all the time. If a kid is just a bit more accepting of something horrifying happening because he hasn't figured everything out yet, or she hasn't figured everything out yet. Um, I kind of get that feeling in reading uh, the latest lose where this guy's going through this horrific transformation and horrific new observations 
and he's very kind of matter of fact about it. Yeah, I think a lot of it is like dream logic, where when you're in a dream, you just it just you take everything as it comes to you, and I feel like that's how everyone in my comics reacts to this stuff. It's like it's all dream logic generally. Is it kind of do, like a surrealness you're going for? Uh, yeah, I never think, like, what's a weird thing I can add? Like, it's, it's pretty intuitive as I'm drawing it or writing it, like, yeah, when things come up. But, um, yeah, I guess that's the overall tone of a lot of my work. It's... I feel like with, uh, with Lose Number 4, it's definitely um, kind of a transition book for you in comparisons with the other Lose issues. Like, it feels like you're kind of moving into a different direction. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's like a more together issue than the other three. Like, um, I think, like, I'm not super into the other three <laughs> anymore. And I feel like four is, it makes the most sense thematically. Like, all the stories kind of fit together. And I think I've figured out the format in a way that, I, I, I yeah, I just think it's a, it's a better, it's a more together issue than the other three. Uh, and my writing's changed a lot since number three. Are you approaching how you're writing differently, or is it just you're kind of getting more comfortable with how you're writing? Uh, both. Um, after College Girl by Night, and then I did this other comic, uh, Incinerator, um, both of, both different points like a year ago. Um, I stopped writing. Those were the first comics where I stopped writing anything in advance, and I just kind of wrote it like a page at a time and now uh, that's how I approach all of my comics for a while I was like doing some of my comics that way but now um, I don't write out any comics in advance like I just have a, um, one page ahead uh, all the time and I think it's made my writing better or I maybe not better but that's just how I write now so do you have a particular story in mind overall or uh, I try have some, not to get too deep into it. I have ideas that I kind of want to address, uh, but it, like most of my stories, it's not really like a lot happens. Like things just happen to characters usually, but I don't write people who make many decisions or have very much agency in their lives. So, <laughs> it, like, I, it, there's things that I want to do in a story, in, in a story, but it's not like my things were very plot heavy to begin with. Um, so yeah, it's never. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not something I've had to think about that much yeah. yet. Like I know, in I do Ant Comic Weekly, um, a web comic, and like I have, I have an idea of where it will end, but like uh, I there's a, so many points in between where I could go on tangents, and that's how I like writing now, where I can take it anywhere I feel like before I have to get there. Um. You've given me like five different things I want to jump off from what you're just saying. Uh, I guess the first thing I want to go for, I'm I'm curious about the uh, the sense of uh, or the lack of agency that the characters have that you mentioned lose, and that that's a really great way of putting it because it's like you put these people in these situations that they really have no control over, um, and they just kind of got to go along with it and make do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just I just. For uh, for some reason, that's uh, 
the types of characters I like writing, or I like writing people who are maybe deluded and thinking that they do have some kind of control over these things, but then their bodies get messed up or their environments just sort of sweep them away. Uh, You've been doing a lot of work lately around um, around body um, body image or body status. I'm like trying to figure out the way to put it because it's like different kind of like body mod stuff. There's a lot of like transformations that happen to my characters. I guess. Yeah. Where they'll get scarred or something that always happens. <laughs> yeah. Um. And it seems like you're getting more and more into this, and I'm kind of curious where that's coming from. Uh, I think it's just that's always been a part of my work, and like just seeing those sorts of physical alterations and like how it. Uh, I don't. I don't really know where it comes from. I just. I just know it's something that I go to a lot. I think it's just something that used to scare me growing up, uh, and it now plays into my work frequently. What uh, were you scared of growing up? Or just just the idea of like like those sorts of transformations, like uh, like faces peeling, like just you know the sort of stuff that scares kids that you watch on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Or in cartoons or whatever, and then um, uh, yeah. So that I, I guess that's just a go-to thing in my in my drawing. One of the things you've been doing is a lot of um, gender play, specifically, uh, especially with the uh, the sorority girl by night, or is it college girl by night? A college girl by night. College girl by night. Sorry, uh, my mind's on sororities, uh, <laughs> and that one seemed really breakthrough for me um, especially kind of in the format of the thickness that you and Ryan Sands have put together because it was like here's a chance to do this or here you're doing this thing in this quote unquote porn anthology but it's like one of the most thoughtful character driven um, non-erotic porn comics and uh where am I going with this, Robin? Um, <laughs> well, it, it, it just I'm, I'm curious to see where is all this gender stuff coming from? I know where it's coming from, but where is it going? Um, because that one, the character, spoiler, switches genders as a werewolf. Um, not a werewolf, but a... In the manner were, that a werewolf would. Yes. changes genders every full moon. Uh, I don't know where it's going, Um yeah, I just uh, I thought that would be an interest. Like, I wanted to to write something about, um, like a a man's perspective. It's like a very. It's like written as a with like uh, how what am I trying to say? The narration in it is like from a very male perspective. I just wanted to write something like this very male view um, of female sexuality, I guess, and. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking of as I was writing it. That and that story went through a lot of different changes before I finally got to that point. But um, yeah, I don't know where it's going. I don't know if it's something that comes up that frequently in my work. Like, uh, well, I was just thinking of like that one, and I kind of feel like Splitsville kind of oh yeah we're plays off of that version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You're. I guess you're. I don't really. I don't really know where they're going or if. Uh, do they have something to do with each other? Those particular stories, or. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. It's hard for me to. Like maybe they do. It's hard for me to think of connections between them because I both drew them at like really different points in time, mm-hmm. and like I was thinking about different stuff as I was working on them. Like, uh, but maybe there are like really obvious connections between the two that I'm just like not really aware of because my mind is completely out of both of them now. <laughs> find yourself like you do a work you go into the mode for the work and then when it's done you're kind of done and it's you've kind of exercised that and you need to move on yes absolutely yeah <laughs> I, I get like so sick of it by the time I'm finished like I'm so happy to be like I, I don't do a lot of long form stuff and like Kid Mafia and Ant Comics so far becoming like the two longer stories I've been working on mm-hmm and I want to work on them for a while, but I can't imagine, like, I don't know how people work on cartoon strips for, like, eight years, because I just get so sick of drawing and writing the same people over and over. Uh, yeah. Is that kind of what happened with Open Country, where you had done two issues? and Open Country, the problem was, that, that was partially why I started moving everything to, um, to being, like, written a page at a time, was because I had penciled... I'd actually I'd inked the third issue, and I'd penciled the fourth and written quite a bit further than that. And 
I was like okay with like I thought the script was okay mm-hmm. finished stuff was okay but it was so old by the time I was getting to it that um it just didn't interest me to keep working on it like I it uh, it became a thing where it was all addressing concerns I had like a year ago and things I was interested in writing about like a year ago and I had all these other projects that I was much more excited about so now when I'm like improvising comics it's all stuff that I'm interested in that <laughs> like that particular day so it stays relevant to me uh, like even if it's even if I like I thought the I wasn't like unhappy with open country but it just felt really boring and it's like why would I spend time doing this thing that uh, already feels really old to me. I th- I reread it this morning, and it's, it's interesting. Like I thought you had some good ideas and concepts you were kind of veering towards. And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed. Not going to see. I mean, I might I might going. come back to it. That sometimes happens with like I gave up on a graphic novel I was doing called The Seed Stirs like uh, three years ago, four years ago, and like I I did like thirty pages and threw them all out and. Uh, I recently started doing that from scratch again, and it's uh, really different, but it's going to be one of the stories in uh, Lose Five, and it's me trying to take the basic idea of that story and approach it uh, from a different angle this time. Um, Given that Ant, uh, because of the agreement, because it's going to be published by Drawn and Quarterly, I guess for you that plays an expectation that you're going to have to do a certain amount of pages to it then. You can't just give it up. Oh yeah. Well, I mean I I I sent it to them when I was far enough along that I knew I was going to finish it. Uh, <laughs> like I wouldn't send anything to somebody like 3 pages in because I know I am the type to yeah, to just give up on something. But uh, uh yeah, so I knew I was like deep enough into that that it's like, well, I can't stop, and I, I I don't, I'm not like bored with it totally yet. Like I wouldn't want to work on it forever, but I'm still excited every week to do something new for it. It seems like the kind of comic where you can go in a lot of different directions with it because they're kind of, you have these characters that are all very different. You can do whatever you want to them. Yeah, I try to set up my comics that way now. Like Kid Mafia is the same where there's this really loose crime story tying everything together but like next issue it's probably just going to be following one of the characters on a date and like not even have the gang stuff in it and like another issue might just there's a lot of there's a lot of tangents that I go on in the in the comics now that um are more interesting to me than whatever the main stuff happening is supposed to be like ant comic there's just a big battle between uh all these red ants and all the the black ants in the comic and most of the strips during that were still just like two of the characters walking around talking to each other while this was all happening in the background and i feel like that's all my comics lately (laughs) it's just (laughs) like i'm just ignoring the stuff that i probably should be important and and yeah, I, who's to say what should be important? Right, right. Well, I mean, that's that's the way I like writing lately. When it eventually gets printed, is it going to be like a big size format, like 
height and width? Uh, no, it'll probably be cut in half. So the page, like I'm drawing the pages like 11 by 17, mm-hmm. and um, they're going to still be that big, except they're going to be cut in half like Wilson, or not Wilson, Ice Haven style. Uh, oh, okay. So each each page will now read as a spread. You like your uh, your paddling. I do. <laughs> Does it make things easier for you when you just decide, okay, it's all going to be like this? Like I just sticking to a grid? Yeah. Yeah, well, it also, it like, it paces out this whole story for me when I decide, like, this one will be, when I figure out, like, this has to be a six-panel one or this has to be a nine-panel one, it feels like half my work is done for me because I know how how each sequence is then, like, has to be mapped and I know the rhythm of the jokes and what sort of things I can get away with and what I can't. Like, it, it sorts out a lot of stuff for me really early on. I was looking at Ant and I was wondering about how you would chop it up because it does seem to to me at least like they're kind of all pages in that kind of gasoline alley Sundays page way where you really have a there's an overarching big image in there. Uh, I I've been designing them not since the get go but pretty early on to it. I started designing them so that they could be read both ways. So like okay. I, I do keep them keep in mind like how it would read as a spread and kind of symmetrical that will also be uh, yeah. I guess that's kind of what uh, Chris Ware did with a lot of his Rusty Brown stories too isn't it? Yeah and uh, didn't he do that for Jimmy Corrigan too? Like some of those were yep. yeah. Yep. I guess you're following a tradition of chopping books in half <laughs> Sure, yeah <laughs> kind of those pages Listening to you kind of talk about the process, it's reminding me a bit of uh, Chester and uh, the way he was approaching it, the happy clown. Uh, when I started doing comics, I did it that way, um, where I would draw panels separately. Well, uh, not meaning the, the, the separate panels. I mean the actual, like, not working too far in advance, like, specifically at the happy clown. Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah, I like... Um, yeah, I think that book at different points was an inspiration for me. Like when I first read it many years ago, but then more recently changing up the way I write now. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick answer. Um you're deep, deep comics reader. Um what is exciting you as far as old stuff right now? As far as old stuff, uh, I don't know. I've been looking at like Garrett Price strips. I've been trying to like get more of them, like the the White Boy strips. I don't uh, know it at all. There was um, Art Out of Time had some of them, and maybe that Smithsonian book. I forget or Smithsonian book. I forget which one had them. And uh, there's a few scans up on the USS Catastrophe site. Oh, okay. And I don't know, what is exciting me? I like Otto Soglo a lot. I'm glad they did that um that collection. And uh I don't know. I don't know if I've been looking at a lot of old stuff lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or not are, old comics at least. Uh, are you more do you get generally excited just by the friends you work with? Yeah, I do. Um yeah, there's a lot of a lot of like current people doing great work right now. 
Yeah. One of the things you've got coming up is you're uh, doing some signing stops. So I'll give it a mention uh, with your uh, homeboy, Mr. Patrick Kyle. Um, you're doing. You're going to be at Bergen Street in Brooklyn on the. I can't remember the eighth of November. I think it's the eighth. I forget the exact day, but it's the Thursday before BCGF. Yeah, I think yeah, it's the eighth. Cool. And then BCGF for people that don't know acronyms. It's uh, the Brooklyn Comic Crafts Festival, as well. When are you going to be in Montreal for? The uh, that's going to be for Exposing, and that's the Thursday before Exposing, which is the fifteenth of okay. November, the following week. Jesus. And uh, Zach Warden. Uh, oh yeah, and Jane Mai is going to be launching her Koyama Press book at the Bergen Street one. And uh, in Toronto, Zach Warden is also launching a book with me and Patrick, and he has a comic called uh, And Now You Die, or maybe just Now You Die. Uh, and that is the day after Canzine ends. I guess I should know all these days. <laughs> maybe the 21st or something. It's the Canzine after party, and it's in Toronto at the Dance Cave. Nice. And you are in a band with Zach, and who else? Patrick? Not not anymore, I don't think. <laughs> you guys broke up? Yeah, I'm in a band with Patrick now. Uh, the other thing, and we haven't like practiced in like three months, so I just sort of assume we're not a band anymore. We're <laughs> <laughs> sort of like, geared out, yeah. <laughs> what are they going to say when they hear this? Oh yeah, we haven't really talked about it. <laughs> I just assume we're not, like, we've hung out since, I just like assume we're never going to practice again, because it's been so long. <laughs> Uh, was that a nice kind of break from drawing artistically? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was just like, it wasn't really anything any of us put work into. Yeah, I felt like it was more like an excuse to get drunk on a weekly basis, like like a scheduled time to drink or something. <laughs> like a serious artistic endeavor. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to the Ant comic. Um one of the things I'm really curious about is kind of your interest in ants. Like, when you were a kid, were you squishing them, watching them, burning them? Uh, I, I wasn't, like, torturing them. Uh, but I was interested in them. But I, like, I kind of forget how I got to ants this time around. I think, I, like, I, I think it started as, like, a throwaway strip for Smoke Signal. Like, I, I gave them a comic, and I had an idea for just, like, one strip. And I didn't feel like I was particularly interested in ants, but then I realized that I wanted to keep going after I did that one comic, which sometimes happens. Uh, like, Lose 3 started that way, where I didn't think, like, I'm going to do a 20-page story about dogs after the apocalypse. Uh, but I did, like, two pages of it, and I was like, oh, I kind of want to keep doing this. So it sort of happened by accident. Like, I don't know if I was thinking about ants a lot before I started. And uh, since I started, I'm kind of afraid to read too many real facts about ants because I don't want it to mess up with, like, the dumb made-up science I'm putting into it. Well, that's what I was kind of wondering. Like, it seems like you're just kind of uh, just um, having, like, these imaginations of, like, what's happening in the ant world? Only it's a little bit horrible. Um <laughs> Yeah, I try to like just take as many things that I, I'm kind of aware, like the facts that I sort of know about ants, but then making up the rest around that. Uh, 
so yeah, I've actually been like people will share with me a lot of like ant articles <laughs> and like uh, tidbits, and I'm sometimes afraid to read too much of it because I don't I don't want to like I don't want too much like actual things actual ant facts in it until I'm finished and then I can actually educate myself like or, a human being. Or will you just be done with it? I mean, I, I don't. I'll be done with drawing ants. I don't. I, I'm sure I'll be happy to read <laughs> read about ants. Like I won't be like afraid to look at the word anymore. Um, I was thinking about that uh, Chris Ware bee comic. Oh, um, after I read them, the the bee, or is it? Yeah, something bee. God, I just yeah, read it. Mason of right? Huh? It was originally in Mason of magazine. Those strips. His strips. Yeah, those B strips. Oh, aren't okay. they? I think they I were. Don't know. I think they were serialized in that magazine before they were. I, I haven't opened up the building stories thing, but I, they're included, right? They're yeah. In, all right. That you were in that same magazine then, the Mason of, right? Yep. Yeah, uh, the following year, uh, and this year it's Mark Bell. Like I think every year they're going to try to pick a different cartoonist to do it's quarterly and they're going to do uh, f- uh, four two-page strips what was uh, the uh, strip you had in it uh, a comic called Rescue Pet which I've put oh, on uh, yeah. what do since that was horrible <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, horrible in the nightmarish uh, effect like it seems I thought that was kind of a, one of my like nicer ones, right? That's sort of like a happy ending. Yeah, that's a sad ending. The dog, the dog like headbutts another dog really triumphantly and is like kind of stoked about being in the woods. <laughs> I saw that. I have comics where people have like said like that was really like a sad one but I feel like when I was writing it I thought this is like a like oh that, that's like one of my happier comics. Or, yeah. Well, I guess that happens, maybe. I don't know. It's uh, you're very good at uh, of bringing on these uh, these raw emotions. I think. Uh, nice of you to say. <laughs> um. So the rescue pet that was originally for them was uh, tell me about the weird little creature guy. I guess it kind of goes again with that transformations we were talking about earlier. Um, it's about a couple that adopts um, a dog, like a, a rescue pet, uh, except the dog kind of looks like a weird little shrimp that's still dog-sized, um, and it has the ability to uh, change its body to look like its master and kind of parrot uh, phrases that he's heard his master say. And uh, it leads to cases of hilarious mistaken identity and <laughs> stuff happens and yeah yeah no it's uh he's, he's a pretty gross little creature but it's uh i don't know i was when i was rereading the stuff and i reread uh lose number two i was surprised that that story still kind of disturbed me oh one of the horse head right and the maggots yes well that was another one where i thought it ended kind of on a sweet note but other people have not thought so <laughs> uh, when they've talked to me about it. 
What do you uh, What do you find when you're watching something or reading something as like a happy comic or happy movie? What What do you mean? Like, it, because it's funny because uh, I I per, like the especially the the lose story. Like, it's pretty, you know, it's a bunch of happy maggots. I don't know if that's necessarily a happy thing for a lot of people. For me, it was like the kid is happy. So I was like, this is a happy ending because the kid's kind of happy at the end. Was that? That was. It's been a while since I, I've even looked at that comic. But, uh, you're. That's what I thought about. Like that's what I remember thinking. You're pretty like. Reading some of the uh, the the Tumblr questions, you feel pretty, kind of far removed from that earlier work too, right? Yes. Yeah, but I think what most people would, right? Like. Yeah. From, comics they did that long ago or just their early comics or whatever old work do you feel like because i mean relatively you're still pretty young you're 25 now um as a cartoonist you're kind of continuously still developing uh i do uh which is encouraging to think about Uh, I'm, I'm not always very happy with what I'm doing, but the idea that I'm making progress is at least like, well, there'll be some payoff down the road. So, are you ever completely satisfied with something when you're done? Uh, no, never completely. But I feel like that would, if I was, then I would like move on to some other thing. Like if, like if I ever did a comic where I was like, "Oh, I did a really great job, and I don't regret any of these panels now that I see it printed," I'd be like, "Well, I should quit while I'm ahead, and like get into sculpture or something." <laughs> <laughs> Why wreck it now? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, like I feel like being kind of unhappy or seeing things that you do different. Like there's you know that weird period where you. Like when you send something off to a printer and you're waiting for it to get back, or like when you staple everything and then sell it at a con, and then you come home and you look at the mini comic for the first time since you were just laboring over it, and you see all these things that you want to change or you did wrong or you're not happy with. Like that's important for me to then take with me onto the next comic and and think of what I would try to approach differently or. Or something I want to get better at, or something I thought I missed. Continuously developing. Uh, ho- hopefully, that's that's what I would like. <laughs> <laughs> um, in uh, Incinerator, um, that one's another one that feels very deep comics to me. In a way, I mean, there's the obvious uh, Snoopy-looking guy, um, but even. I was doing a, a talk at a school last year, earlier this year, I can't remember, um, where I talked about different kind of Canadian stuff. Folks like you, Mark Bell, Dave Cooper, and I was showing that page, cause I, or the cover, because really interesting about it, is, is you pull it back, and this body, before he gets dismembered, um, almost has a face quality to it. We've got like the nose and a mustache. Oh, that's entirely accidental, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, cool. That's cool. funny because yeah, I did a whole like while about how like using that as kind of a cartoon symbol. 
Oh, I see. So like the Snoopy arms are the mustache part? The legs are the mustache and the body's the nose. And oh, the arms are like I... eyebrows. Yeah, that's entirely uh, by accident. But that's sweet. But that, <laughs> <laughs> but that image is there. Well then, my question is just right out the window. <laughs> We're done. Click. Um, that one and the story you did in uh, the latest uh, study group uh, book, the study group magazine. I get them all confused. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's deep comics. That's you referencing comic strips. And kind of, are you consciously aware or kind of making these like, I am part of this tradition? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> And the way I referenced them lately, like in the study group one in, in Incinerator, is sort of different how I used to go about referencing older comics too, or not older, just comic, other comics. Um, like I, I used to do, like I did like a like a comic about a dream Spider-Man has once, and and like the way I do them now is more they're just it's more about me trying to draw the like them as icons rather than it's different like i had a yeah. lot of like in lose number one too there's like a lot of uh like i write actual comic characters in and i've stopped trying to like overtly uh not that i'm not overt uh i just i'm trying to approach it differently from how i used to but, yeah like uh, i definitely i definitely do not see this as the same thing as you did in say lose one with the bar um like it feels different like I feel like you're kind of playing with the comic characters in kind of putting them in a different context as symbols or something They're yeah like, it's about the yeah it's a different but it's also like it's something I only think about after I'm done the strip like I think for both of those when I was drawing them I was just winging it and that's how <laughs> that's how it came out and then I could think about it after, like, oh, why did I draw like them with Nancy helmets? But uh, like, I can't remember what I was actually thinking at the time. Um, you're doing a structures comic for Tom Kaczynski's uh, publishing thing, um, and tell me a bit about that because that's where you're just kind of doing these shapes. Yeah, I'm just supposed to draw objects or buildings. Um, yeah, I was talking about how I like the two current installments. I think he's only a two, or I've, I've at least only seen two. Um, and he asked if I'd be interested in drawing one, and it seemed like it'd be uh, a challenge for me, so I wanted to, to try it. Because, um, yeah, because I haven't really thought that much about... Uh, like, I... I I want to approach it from. I, I'm mostly going to be drawing buildings, and I guess that's just not something I've thought a lot about. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm curious to see how it'll come out, um, because it's not just buildings; so it's like almost abstract buildings. Yeah, yeah. It's less about like a, or like ideas for buildings or. Um, that's sort of how I'm approaching mine, at least. Like, he's told me to sort of objects or structures, I guess, but um, I'm approaching them as sort of, like, concepts for buildings, maybe. Uh, 
they're, they, they're still abstracted shapes, but that's, that's the idea I have in mind for the, the drawings that I've started for it, at least. And then you also have uh, a thing coming out from uh, Charles Forsman's Oily Comics. Yes. Elizabeth uh, of Canada. Yeah, Elizabeth of Canada, and um, that'll probably be six issues. Um, and it's about a girl growing up in rural Canada who trains to become a butcher. And it'll follow her through different stages of her life. Tell me about working in that particular odd little format. Uh, I actually, when I was doing it, I realized I hadn't worked that small before, so it was kind of frustrating to. Because <laughs> like I know that's like standard mini comic size, but like I don't think I've worked smaller than um, five point five by eight point five before. Uh, so it was a bit weird to to. I'm happy with how it turned out, but it took a bit to get used to to figure out how to pace it out, and you only have like eight pages to to tell the installment and it's like in the first issue I did nothing really happens too so I'm <laughs> <laughs> curious as to how people might like it maybe like I showed Mickey uh, Michaela Zakili as I show her a lot of my comics as I, as I draw them and she wrote back and she's like I kept waiting for something happen like to happen and then it just ends <laughs> it, yeah <laughs> it's, uh, so you have to pick things up issue two well, uh, she she likes something happening all the time. That is true, Mickey. <laughs> Does uh working with Mickey? You you did a cop buddy comic with her and Patrick Kyle. Does that kind of get you excited, seeing what Mickey does? Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers. Um, yeah, she's great. She's a good friend, uh, and I love her comics. Uh, and Patrick, both <laughs> <laughs> both are great. Yay. Yeah. Like reading new stuff from both of them. Yay, comics! Yes, yeah, they're both uh, they're both very inspiring to me. They both uh, produce a lot of work, and it's it's always they both like push themselves pretty hard. I think, and like you can see them develop as you follow their comics, and it's always exciting. Uh, yeah, it's interesting too because like all three of you are insanely prolific. Like you have stacks of mini comics. Patrick just finished last year his series and now he's got a book coming out and then he's got another series coming and he's also publishing tons of other folks um, not tons but some other folks and the wowie zonk work and then Mickey Rav just seems like it's a motor that just won't stop yes <laughs> <laughs> good comics folks give him a read yeah uh, I, 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 I'm always jealous of like how many pages my friends are able to do, and I think it kind of pushes me to to try to match it or or to be similarly ambitious in my own work. So when will uh, when should we expect lose number five? I hear you're already working on it. Uh, yeah, I'm about a third finished. Um, hopefully, it'll be out for TCAF. That's like the tentative plan, but um. Yeah, see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> that's your quickest turnaround for an issue, isn't it? Uh, to have another issue ready. Yeah, you're probably right. Lose 4 took a bit longer than I thought it would. Um, because I gave up. I 
but I give up on stories a lot because <laughs> I gave up initially on what I was writing for Loose for. Um, so I was originally planning it for last TCAF. Then, like, I uh, visited Ryan Sands, and he, like, needed an hour to work on his daily job stuff. Or, I don't just need an hour to work, maybe just to be away from me or something. <laughs> and, like, I looked at all the finished lose things I had, and I, like, realized I needed to start from scratch. Like, I hated everything I was doing for it. So it took longer because I had worked a lot on it before and then gave up and started again. You do, um, the, you do this all the time, though, don't you, with different projects? Yeah, I feel like it's sometimes an important part of the process, but I don't think that's going to happen with number five. Or if it does, like, uh, I have enough other things to take its place. That, that I feel like number five <laughs> won't have a similar setback. <laughs> Do you find because you work on the computer, um, it makes it easier to kind of have a carte blanche? Uh Maybe. I, I still like throwing out, like, I like the feeling of throwing out physical things. Um, but working on the computer at least speeds things up a lot. Like, I can, uh, it, like, it, it speeds up the way I, how fast I draw a comic. So that probably makes me more confident about giving up on things, because I know it would take less time to, <laughs> to start again. Lose number four you call the fashion issue. Um, had you been looking at any fashion stuff to see? Uh, not at all. The artistry? No? No. Like, it, it just sort of made sense as a theme. Like, it started out as a joke, and then it kind of made sense as a theme for the whole issue um, as I was doing it. So, it, I, but uh, I wasn't looking at actual fashion um, as, I, as I was uh, drawing it. But like I, th I sort of have this idea that like every issue from now on will have will be like like this might be really stupid. <laughs> like number five is going to be the crime issue, and then like I want six to be like the sports issue or some other stupid <laughs> thing. Uh, and like each one will have a dumb theme. That's my idea that I probably won't stick with. <laughs> well, regardless of what it is, I will be very happy read it I'm uh it's it's been exciting for me seeing what's happening with your comics and just seeing where you're going with it um, yeah you do good stuff uh just a reminder folks I've been yakking with uh Michael DeForge his latest work is lose number four from Koyama Press as well uh at Brooklyn well you'll have uh molecules which we forgot to mention from space face books as well as a heap of other mini-comics and great stuff coming out in the future. And you can see his stuff also in Adventure Time, which I hear has a lot of other good cartoonists there. Yeah, you, I, I mostly just draw, like, mugs and stuff. So <laughs> all, the, all the, other, the rest of the staff does, like, all the real work, and I just sort of, like, do some background stuff, you know? We need a new cup! Get to Forge! That's basically it. It's like I draw like hamburgers, which is awesome. <laughs> I love doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you.